Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars show from a galaxy really, really, really close. That's right, coming out of the UK every single Saturday. I am your host, Mr. Mark Asquith, and today Mr. Gary Ailey is not with us. He's uh, He's got some other things going on this week, and we miss him dearly, but we do have a co-host here. It's my good friend and business partner, Mr. Kieran McKeefrey. Now, we have a business called Rebel Base Media, so it's fair to say that we are Star Wars fans. That's about right. So welcome, Kieran McKeefrey. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing, dude? I'm all good to you. I'm all right, thanks, man. Now, you guys will... You'll probably appreciate that the mixing is going to be a little different here. That's right, the noise... The kind of volumes of the levels will be a little different. The way the intro and the outro comes in is a little different this time because Gaz normally does the editing and we're recording this live in the Rebel Base Media Podcast Studio in Sheffield. So I'm pressing all the buttons, I'm tinkering with all the things and I'm doing all of the uh, all the sliders. So it will sound a little different this week, but hopefully not too much. Now, today we're going to talk about visual effects artists reacting to the prequels, some bad and some great CGI. We're going to talk a little bit more about Galaxy's Edge, and in particular, a little bit from Colin Trevorrow. And remember, Colin was the person who was going to direct the uh, episode nine before uh, Abraham stepped back in. And we're going to dig into some toy news from San Diego Comic Con. We're going to talk a little bit more about that Inside Star Wars podcast from Wondery, which is wrapping up very, very soon. And then, in the random spotlight, we're going to pick the Buns of Navarone. We'll get to what the heck that is all about in just one second. But before we do that, just a quick little reminder that if you want to support the show, if you want to become part of the Spark of Rebellion tribe, you can do that over on Patreon. We've got supporter tiers where you can support the t- support the show starting at just $1. So if you want to become part of the Rebellion, if you want a custom and exclusive Spark of Rebellion sticker and the opportunity to become exec producer and all sorts of other merchandise and swag, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion and hit us up on the Twitterings, the Instagrams, the Facebooks. Just do a search for spark of rebellion. All right then, dude. Yeah, I'm all good. I'm uh, hoping that you get me playing with these buttons. You can't touch my uh, my knobs. Oh, that's a shame. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and uh, tell everyone, like this, you're new to this show. You're yeah. new to guesting on this show and co-hosting. Uh, you a Star Wars fan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Who isn't a Star Wars fan? <laughs> well, that is a good point. Actually. A girl that I went out with once. Once. Yeah. Yeah. Once. Early. Soon found out. Glad I found that out early. She didn't last, honestly. It was a terrible date as well, to be honest with you. You know one of them awkward dates where you just turn up and you're like, yeah. She's like, yeah. You're like, you all right? Yep. Good. What do you do, nurse? All right. Anything else? No. Just like the conversation. And then it finished with, you know. Are you a Star Wars fan? Not really. Bye. <laughs> exactly that. All right, so you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah, What's fa- the- fairly new into Star Wars, though. I only My first Star Wars film was actually the prequels that I watched. Oh, really? Mm, when I was 14, 15. Interesting. So that's only, what, 10 years? How old I forgot. I'm 26. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting perspective then. So mm. you'll be uh, you'll see the prequels in a bit of a different light. So we'll we'll uh, we'll dig into that when we get to the the, the VFX artist bit. Um what what's the last thing you did with Star Wars? We played Battlefront together. Yeah. What's the last thing or what's the most current thing that you're involved with with Star I'm Wars? I'm currently reading Master and Apprentice. Oh, we covered that on the show. Yeah. How far in are you? About a third of the way. I'm struggling cuz I've been busy. 
So every time I pick the book up and I'm trying to read it at night, I just keep falling asleep. Mm, <laughs> that's, not, that. that's not because it's a bad book. That's just because you're tired. Just tired. because you're working so hard. Yeah, that's what it is. I understand I tell that. myself that. All right, let's dig into some of the news. And so we've both watched this video. So for you listening out there in the galaxy, there's a video doing the rounds. It's had nearly 2 million views, by the way, on, uh, on YouTube. Star Wars. It is Star Wars. So there's the, the, the VFX guys, visual effects artists. Uh, they're a YouTube channel and they have, as they say, they have VFX artists. And they, they take apart films, they look at films, good, bad, the ugly of visual effects, and kind of add a little bit into the mix of what, you know, what, what the landscape of VFX is and was like at the time that these films were released, like some of the good stuff they've done, some of the bad stuff they've done. They give you a bit of an insight into like, oh my God, look at that, it's an artifact from them speeding this thing up or slowing this thing down. So they've analysed the prequels. They've gone through, I think they went through all three yeah, prequels, they did, didn't yeah. they? At first I thought it was just going to be the first, but... Then they kind of went into Clone Wars. Clone yeah, Wars it film. seemed like they picked like the yeah they did Attack of the Clones yeah. and Revenge of the Sith, and they, it's like they just picked the key scenes, didn't they? Mm. Like just the key scenes that, uh, like the battle scene from Attack of the Clones. Yoda fight. <sighs> yeah, Yoda fight. They picked on uh, Jar Jar Binks a little bit, but then actually went went really positive on it. Um, so we'll put this link in the show notes. So I want you to go and watch this guy. It's a pretty long video. It's like fifteen minute long video, but it's really cool because. What the VFX guys do is they break down these key scenes, but they give you an insight into um, some of the bad stuff. Like there's, there's some stuff in there where it's like Yoda. I th- this is, I think, is Attack of the Clones, where it's Yoda and the clone t- trooper. Um, I forget the clone trooper's name. It's not Cody. Um, it's the other one. No, it might be Cody, actually. I think it is. And he, um, when those two are stood up on the top watching the, the, the Clone Wars unfold, the first kind of attack, um, and they talk about the lighting not quite. Yeah, now right. lighting's moved on quite a bit since then. And, Kind of like the grunge effect on like the armor and oh yeah that's right yeah they mentioned that the, this grunge effect wasn't the same like they, they did it was just too shiny and too like glossy. yeah too new yeah yeah that make yeah that's interesting that and they uh, like the hair on Yoda wasn't right like, yeah the was, shadow off the hair yeah no depth to it nothing going on with that and but then they kind of flip it around so they give you some really bad examples the other one was that um, you know in Attack of the Clones where Anakin dried in that elephant weird elephant <laughs> that thing. Big- what is it? I don't know. And they made a really good point about it being like really badly weighted, like all the weights on its back, but it's got four legs that are on the front. Like how the hell is that even? Yeah, I think they called it a tick. Yeah, it, did, it does. <laughs> it looks tick. like a tick. Yeah, it does. It looks like a tick. And uh, they, they kind of put some insight into that. But they also really, really lord this kind of, um, this CGI for what it was at the time. So yeah, they go through the bad stuff. Then they go through like the pod racer scene and say how good that was. Well, I mean, it's, Amazing scene first. Again, this this goes back to my first experience of Star Wars being like the pod racer scenes and just the cool CGI and just couldn't beat it. It is awesome, isn't it? That's and and they were saying that they did and you because you've watched this. Yeah, they, they said that they'd f- um, photographed actual deserts and the rock formations. That's right. Yeah, to match it? to match up. Sorry, uh, so it looked like an actual desert that they were. You know. It, from the outside, it would look like um, they've filmed the desert and then they've put the pod races in, but they've not. They've just built it all out of actual desert, uh, actual CGI. That's pretty cool. And then textured it with photographs. Exactly. That's pretty nifty, that. Um, there was a couple of things in that, like where a rock explodes before the pod racer hits it. Like tiny things that VFX guys noticed that we'd yeah. never... I'd You've never. got to slow it down to see that, haven't you? Yeah, I wouldn't have noticed that. Um, the other thing that they mentioned was Jar Jar Binks. Like, obviously, the character is, is just... Is, is not not is not well thought of in fandom, but 
They were saying that never before had a full character been entirely CGI'd. And they'd move the elbows. Yeah, not not to that standard, no, definitely not. And it was it was when you look at behind the scenes, like they put glasses, like sunglasses on the actor so that you know, Obi Wan and Qui Gon and the rest of the uh, characters weren't looking at the human eyes, they were looking above at the head of Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, and- I think they mentioned as well, like the arms your arms are made to uh, touch your shoulders. Mm. So f- proportionally the arms of the of the actor have got to be stretched out longer to, you know, pull up towards your head. Because obviously the uh, Jar Jar Binks was a bit taller than... Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. So, really cool. Really cool. That's interesting, that. Yeah, you wouldn't ever, you wouldn't ever notice that. Um, so this is a really cool video. It really digs into a lot of stuff. Like, it digs... One of the other interesting things, uh, and just to kind of finish this bit up, was the uh, the lighting you know you said earlier this they'd basically gone through this idea that look the prequels were really ahead of the time much like the original star wars when ilm did the original star wars all the effects were way ahead of their time as well for that and the prequels reinvented a lot of the cgi stuff that we now take for granted and so it gets bashed because we're used to what we're seeing today but actually at the time you know n- nothing existed like this and the lighting in particular interested me if you look at dooku and yoda's fight yoda is is having a reflection on him from his green lightsaber because he's a 3D model as well as the lightsaber being a 3D model, whereas Dooku's a real person and the lightsaber's a 3D model that he's got, so there's no way of reflecting. But they had to make it very, very subtle. Yeah. So it wasn't apparent. It's really cool, isn't yeah. it? And the um, Attack of the Clones, like the 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 the, the fact that they um, did all the laser fire through the smoke and it's the first time you see real laser fire on screen and the first time yeah. you see lightsabers on screen like that. I think I think they mentioned it was almost like watching a film that's just been set now. Yeah. Like one of the Star Wars the most recent Star Wars with just the level of CGI. Like if that was if that was a scene from one of the current films that, you know, maybe like Return of uh, maybe uh, Rise of Skywalker, then that would literally be in that film. Yeah, you'd be happy with that. Yeah, yeah, no definitely. one would pick any no. holes in it, would they? No, yeah, that's really interesting. So check it out. Honestly, if you've not seen it, search for the VFX artists on the YouTube ins. Um, alternatively, just check out the link in the show notes. Go and check that out. It's uh, it's all there for you. So please go ahead, take a look at it because it is really, really cool. Really, really cool. Now, the next bit of news is the fact that, um, you know, the, the Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker, J.J. Abrams is, is involved in that and he's writing and, and, and you know, he consulted Lucas and all the rest of it, and, and Abrams is, is directing the entire thing. But before that, it was Jurassic World's Colin Trevorrow that was doing this. So he was involved what in... What else did he do now? Didn't he do the another Disney film? Oh, I can't One remember. One where um, Clooney in. Oh, did he? What yeah, was that? Yeah, I can't remember what it called. It was like... Um, I'll come, they'll come to me later. We should uh, Alexa that. We'll Alexa that later. <laughs> if anyone knows, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, just search for Sparker Rebellion. Let us know what that film is that Colin Trevorrow did, because uh, that will drive us... Absolutely insane. Um, but Trevor got, you know, whatever, removed from episode nine. And who knows, you know, what that would have ended up like. However, Galaxy's Edge has done such a good job of um, kind of bringing things into canon. So Hondo Anaka's in there from the Clone Wars and Rebels. You've got um, like cantinas where it's like, oh, Vader one set foot in here and there's like little plaques on the wall. So it's all canonical stuff. So they're using a big old Easter egg, um, which is a design from Colin Trevorrow's abandoned episode nine. It's a design for a TIE fighter, which is kind of, it's a little bit like Darth Vader's um, craft, you know, the little bit more edgy version of a TIE fighter. Um, It looks a little bit like one of the shuttles that the Emperor arrives on the Death Star and in Return of the Jedi, but it's basically like a big old 
person transport. It's a personnel transporter. And apparently, this thing is called. Uh, where is it? I can't. I can't remember what it's called. Where? Are we? There we go. Yeah. So it's the first order tie echelon, which is building. This is from Sci-Fi.com. An armed troop transport that's the equivalent of a Black Hawk, Black Hawk <laughs> stealth helicopter. Now, that's pretty cool, isn't it? That's twenty meters. <laughs> is that what it is? Twenty meters, Black Hawk. Wow. So this is yeah, twenty meters long. This is like the um, and you can't. So if you look at the picture in the show notes, Kieran and I are looking at it now. You can't quite get a sense of the scale of it, but twenty meters is a pretty good chunk. Mm. That's a pretty good looking ship, and it kind of looks like. Tell you what, reminds me of you know the beginning of Force Awakens, the one that Kylo Ren lands on. Yeah, and it's got the stormtroopers in yeah. it, and like that's pretty cool. Mm. So check that out. What are you thinking of Galaxy's Edge so far? Everything you've seen of it? I'm just. I want to go. Looks mint, doesn't it? Want to go? Just. I want to go. Yeah. Well, we are. <laughs> We are going. This one's in Orlando, isn't it? The first one. No, first one's in Oh, it's California. Anaheim, the original one. It's opening. The other one in Orlando's opening, August 29th. Guess who's going to Podcast Movement? We're going the week before, aren't we? We're going the week before. We're going the week before? <laughs> We're coming back the week before. Are you kidding me? No. Is that true? Yeah. We're going to Orlando the week before this opens. Yeah. And Lou Mongello, the Disney guy who can get us into this, is also going the week before it opens. Let's just see if they can move the conference. The entire conference. Yeah. I'm up shouldn't, shouldn't be too much. I could email them. I'll email them that. I can't believe that timing. That always happens to us. Doesn't it? I'm just, I just want to look at that. It does look ace. What I'm liking about this is that um, they've put a lot of thought into the design, but they're also, the, 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 they've kind of used something that Trevor O's done. Like it's not a, right, we're going to bin everything off and start again. It's like there were obviously some really good concepts from that movie that have not been used. So it's kind of nice that they're using it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what else is what else comes over from Trevor's original content for the film. Do you think they'll release that maybe later? Do you think it'll be like a not a, I don't think Star Wars or Disney would release it, but do you think it's sort of like okay, here's the original concept art versus kind of what we ended up with because they do a lot maybe, of that, yeah. don't they? Yeah, probably. I- do- it does look good. It does. It looks pretty sweet. Um, so you should check this out. If you've been at Galaxy's Edge, um, like it says in the article, it's uh, it's kind of every detail counts at Galaxy's Edge. And we've covered it quite a lot over the last few few weeks. So please go and check it out. Again, link in the, in the show notes. Go and just have a look at this because it looks pretty, pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. 20 meters long. That's mm. insane. That looks pretty cool. So go and check it out. Link in the show notes. Um, this next piece of news is probably the best bit of news. It's 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 the best bit of news. Stop. It's it's toys. I love them. We're a little bit collectors. Like I've got a glass cabinet. You like collecting stuff, don't you? Out of all my notes, I've got ten times as many notes for toys than I have anything else. Have you? Yeah. Wait a minute. You meant notes? Oh, we're not meant to make notes. This is embarrassing <laughs> for me. I need to make notes. Gary, take notes. We need to make notes. I'm going to buy you a little Star Wars notebook. Oh, do you know I've actually got one of those at home? I bought one off those. Uh, I've not brought it though. Have you? I've not brought it. No. Uh, attention to detail. It's one of those, uh, what are they called? Moleskin. You know, they always used to like, they'd charge like 350 quid for a notebook. It, it wasn't that, just disclosure. It was like 25 quid for a notebook. Normal notebook that's like 10 quid and then they put a logo on the front and stick a sticker in the back and you're like, yeah, I'll pay 15 quid extra. Ooh, my family was that poor when I had notebooks <laughs> that were all wrote in. <laughs> they were all wrote in. <laughs> second hand notebooks. Second hand notebook. That is amazing. Turn it round. No, pages already wrote in. Upside down. <laughs> Just turn it upside down. It's fine. <laughs> fill gaps. Just fill gaps in. I love that. So, this is the San Diego Comic Con, which is coming round. 
It's coming around in July. Can't wait for that. And uh, in particular, they've uh, there's been a big announcement about toys that are coming to San Diego Comic Con. Now there there's only one real major Star Wars one that I want to look at, but it's worth just a quick run through as general geeks uh, of what other toys are coming out. So we'll go straight to the Star Wars one just to kind of get this one done. And this one um, is is Boba Fett. You know, everyone loves Boba Fett. It's the Black Series, which is uh, a really high quality set of figures and it's the black series boba fett six inch uh 24.99 that's in dollars so we'll probably get charged 24.99 pounds thank you exchange rates well done um it's it's from hasbro and there's some other interesting stuff coming out as well so there's a star wars vintage collection original trilogy luke skywalker jedi destiny figure set which is exceptionally Hard to say. I'm going to say that again. Star Wars, the vintage collection, original trilogy, <laughs> Luke Skywalker, Jedi Destiny figure set. All in one breath. What you say? I had my headphones off. I'll say it one more time. <laughs> now, this is 50 bucks. And again, it does look pretty cool. But, you know, it's it's 50 bucks. You've got to, you know, you've got to be a collector. I mean, which, you know, I'm not averse to spending 50, uh, 50 bucks on that. Uh, but the Boba Fett one looks quite nice. It looks a bit clean. For me, when you look at the picture of it, like it's not got... It doesn't not, look rugged or... It's not beat up, weathered. is it? No. no. It, it's like Boba Fett on holiday. Yeah, or just after he's had uniform washed. Mm, taking it down to the dry cleaners yeah. on Coruscant, nipped in, carry out a job, nipped into a cantina, thought to himself, do you know what? I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to get this I'm gonna get this entire thing redone. I'm going to get the helmet resprayed. Jobs are good in. Yeah, it's like he's just his first day at work. <laughs> He's got a new job. <laughs> got a new job. Jabba's hired me. Got bye, a good bye, honey. <laughs> yeah, see you later, <laughs> Mrs. Fett. I'll see you later. And uh, yeah, it turns up to turns up to Jabba's. You know, <laughs> hi Jabba. It's Boba. <laughs> Whatever it sounds like. That was like more like Yoda. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, actually, Jabba, I have I have had, I have actually had the uh, I have had the uniform clean. Thanks for noticing. Now, who we're killing? Who we're killing? Right, and yeah. that's exactly what it looks it's like. It's a bit, it's a bit clean. It does look it? a bit clean, doesn't it? But it's collectible. Yeah, you know, it's collectible. You know, why not? It's all good. Um, but even though that looks really kind of cool and badass, there are some other toys that are worth mentioning just for geeks, and we'll just give it a quick run through because we don't want to. This is a Star Wars show after all, but we are in the geekdom. Uh, so there are a few things that took my eye. In particular, um, one was the Pennywise the Clown, which is an etched, engraved. Statue, which Too scary that. Yeah, it's black and white as well, and it's got one red balloon with it, and it's from Necker Toys, which is uh, it's freaky, man. It's freaky. If, if if you want to scare kids, put an Alexa under the bed, put that at the side of the room, and then make Pennywise noises in the middle of the night to wake him up. I don't want to do that. No, I don't. It's a bit do. horrible, but it'd be funny. I, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty bad. Um, interestingly, from this line. Um, because <laughs> I came to the point of the Dragon Ball Z stuff. I love, it. I love Dragon Ball Z. You really do like Dragon Ball Z. It's my but you, I know you do. I know you do. And right, what I've seen on this though is the John Kreese from the Karate Kid. That's pretty sweet. Where? John. It just says John Kreese from the Karate Kid. And then it says John Connor from Terminator Two. Now is that the kid or is that that beat up old battle hardened version from the future? Do you think it's got to be battle hardened? Old guy. Can't be kid. She's not my mother, Todd. 
All right, John, calm down. Get back on your bike. Get your guns and roses in. And then these guys are also doing a DC and Dark Horse crossover pack, uh, which is the Superman versus Aliens and Batman versus Predator, which are two really decent comic books. Um, and then the only other one that I loved, in fact, there were two of them. There was the Ghostbusters slimed Ghostbusters. Um, there was, and then there was the Transformers with uh, crossover with, to Ghostbusters. Yeah, with Ecto One, and it was that's the same mold as the Transformers Optimus Prime toy that I had as a kid. It's not the Generation 1. I think it's the one after it where the trick, the truck trailer turned into a battle station. And I'm pretty sure it's the same mould as that one. Um, and then there's... Like, that just looks completely insanely mint. Like, we're Look looking at, at the picture now, team. It looks... It might be the G1. It looks like G1, doesn't it? It does, actually, because it's not got the insert in the... Some in the, shoulders as well, the... Yeah. Square shoulders. And it doesn't have the kind of little toy insert in the in the grill. And then obviously we've got to mention the Batman nineteen eighty nine 30th anniversary Hot Wheels Batmobile with the protective shell and a little mini Michael Keaton. Everyone wants a little Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is only a little anyway. So everyone that has Michael Keaton has got a little Michael Keaton. How big is he? Well, I don't know. I've never met him. A friend of mine has. I'd love to meet him. I think he's a legend. But I reckon he's got a minimum six foot. No way. I don't think he's six foot. He's got to be. Do you think so? Oh, he's got to be. Right. We're going to Google it now, team. Michael, Michael Keaton. I mean, I'm like, what are you, 6'5"? Five? Like five, five. Right, here we 13. go. 1.75 metres, 5 foot 9 inch. Batman was 5 foot 9 inch. Oh. Yeah, that's insane. That's pretty small, isn't it? It is pretty small. What took your eye? What caught your eye? Don't say the weird looking flash, because that is a weird looking flash. Let's move on from that one. DC Comics flash PVC statue is weird looking. What caught your eye, dude? Power Rangers. The Power Rangers got it. Really? Yeah. Power Rangers? Yeah, the Power Rangers. So it's um, so it's a Jason... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Jason yeah. combo pack. So it's Mighty Morphin and it's Zio. Oh, nice. So, the original Red Ranger. Original Red Ranger and then it's Zio when it moved over to uh, Power Rangers Zio. Wow, that's that. pretty sweet. Yeah. See, th- see, this is like my era. It is. There's a Dragon Ball Z one for you Yeah, Dragon well, Ball Z is my era. The Iron Spider looks cool from Infinity War and uh, Endgame. What else was there? Anything else? Um, Dragon Ball Z, obviously. Yeah, the Dragon Ball Z is a good one for you. That Teenage Turtles Mute. one, that was yeah. good. Oh, yeah. That's a Splinter one. That's from the film, isn't it? Yeah, so it's from the um, the scene when Splinter gets captured. That's it. So this is like, for you guys that remember this, it's the the t- original TMNT film where Shredder's all purple and like just this beast, isn't he? He's like this big old, like, he's scary. Oh, he's terrifying. Yeah, he is terrifying. So the Turtles one, they all look pretty sweet. So that's San Diego Comic Con. Um, and, and some of the figurines, some of the toys coming out. So look out for the just dry, cleaned look Boba Fett. And then look out for, are you ready for this one? Only one breath. The Star Wars The Vintage Collection Original Trilogy Luke Skywalker Jedi Destiny figure set, which is $49.99 MSRP. <laughs> That's really quite a long title, isn't it? But yeah. check that out, San Diego Comic Con. Um, if you're not going to San Diego Comic Con, we aren't. Um, so, you know, commiserations. <laughs> I'd love to go to Comic-Con. I would. But I don't know if I would or not. I'd like to go, but I feel like there's too much to do in too little time. I'd, I'd want to be, I'd like want to split myself. Mm. It's, it's not like you can go to that and anger of that and we'll talk about it because you want to both go, you want to go to everything. Like you want to go to all movie halls, don't you? You want to mm-hmm. go, is it Hall H? The, mm-hmm. uh, the big one. The, the big one. You'll want to go there. You want to go through all the comic stuff. You could uh, try and force project yourself like Luke Skywalker and split yourself up. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to work, though, is it? I don't know, I think it might so work. So you've got to meditate. Oh, yeah. You've got to meditate, so you can't do anything with that side. So you're only force projecting into another room. 
Unless you're queuing. Well, that'd be good, actually, because you can meditate in the queue and yeah. then get to get into the room. Although people would see it and be like, where what are you going, you? mate? Yeah, they'll just... What's going straight on here? You'd be like, no, 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 this is not really me. I'm actually at the back of the queue, look, <laughs> but I am going to go in through this door, literally through this door, and no one will be able to stop you. Let's go to Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah, we could try that. I'm up for trying that one. All right, San Diego Comic-Con, coming at ya. All right, guys, so we're going to dig into the review and discussion section in just a minute. That's the news wrapped for the week. And before we do that, just a little reminder that if you want to join the Rebellion, if you want to become part of the Rebellion tribe and become a supporter of the show, we will reinvest all of the money that we earn via Patreon, via supporters, back into the show to bring you an extra episode each week called The Holocron Files. And we'll invest it in more merchandise and so on and so forth. So this is not for us to make a quick book. It's literally to make this show even better for you. So if you do want to get involved, you can do so from as little as a book per month over on patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. Now, Keith, you've been listening to the old Inside Star Wars, haven't you? By oh, wonder. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. What episode are you up to? Um, I've not listened to today's, which is Wednesday. Is that episode six? Yeah, episode six is coming out later today. Right. Um, I might already be out, actually. Uh, the last one I was listening to, um, that was the one where he cast Hamill, wasn't it? Yeah, it's when he it's when he cast Hamill, and Hamill was sleeping on the couch of um, Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah, he was sleeping Freddy on Krueger. Robert, Robert England's. Yeah, I didn't know that before. Yeah, I've heard about it. It's like a bit of an urban legend, isn't it? But apparently, Hamill came out. If you look, so Mark Ramsey, the chap that we had on the uh, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Mark Ramsey runs Inside Star Wars, and he runs many of the other Inside shows that Wondery do. So Hernan and the team have commissioned him to do like Inside Exorcist, Inside Psycho, Inside Jaws. Jaws. Yeah, Yeah, that's one. Um, So Matt Ramsey kind of put this tweet out saying, um, it was like a promo tweet for for, for last week's episode of Inside Star Wars. And Hamill replied, he said, look, like this wasn't the case. I had a couch, I had an apartment. Sure, I was sleeping on the couch with Robert England that day. You know, it kind of paraphrased itself to be, ah. I was just on the couch for that day. So yeah. it wasn't quite, I don't know. I don't know whether, we, we don't know what's what with that. But so Inside Star Wars is, 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 is has been really, really cool. It's been really, really interesting. Um, and I wanted to dig in today on the discussion segment about the kind of trials of George Lucas, how hard it was for him to have made Star Wars. Because you saw the prequels as the first exposure to Star Wars proper. I saw kind of through the 90s, like Return of the Jedi, just on TV. Didn't really know which order to watch them in. And then the prequels for me were that first, very much that first. Oh, wow, actually, this is a big, cohesive story. Um, So when you look back at the re-releases, when you look back at everything that's come out of Star Wars since then, you just think, well, this is a mega brand. It's always been a franchise. It's always been this thing. But listening to Inside Star Wars, it, it, it wasn't always the case like Alec Guinness was a, a grumpy sod on set no one really got the story Peter Cushing you know didn't understand it Harrison Ford was just a carpenter he was just a carpenter <laughs> and he didn't understand what was going on you know there was Alec Guinness didn't know what the story entailed Princess Leia was kind of like what is like, is what kind of princess should I be I'm a princess I need long flowing locks which we'll get to in a second everyone who read the story were like What's this? What's the point in this? Yeah, they so didn't really Laddie, see the end end game of it. That was uh, Laddie, wasn't it? From Fox, yeah. uh, you know, beating the executives off, trying to stop that kind of going pear shaped. So I, I just, you know, he became ill. If I think if you listen to this episode, I've been fortunate enough to to have um, early access to the episodes of Inside Star Wars and, and finished. Uh, I think I finished all of them. Um, you know, you start to understand like how it made him ill, George Lucas ill, how he'd put all his money into this from American Graffiti. Like you and me run a company, 
Oh, I've not seen American Graffiti. Have you not? No. Oh, you should so watch that's it. That's what I should watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should grab that. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, you should grab that. Um, like, we run a company, and that's hard enough. Can you imagine the pressure of having all the executives on your back, having given you a cash advance, able to take your director's, your director's commission if they aren't happy with the budget going over, and for whatever reason they aren't happy, they can take your direct, director's money back. Can you imagine that pressure? No, no way. Like, it's sleepless night. I mean, it's, it's hard enough, you know, owning a business, but I, c- I couldn't imagine that. I mean, it's just massive, isn't it? It's just like, you've got to think about the sets, you've got to think about who's doing what. You know how it all plays out. You know the, ch- the it will dynamically change as you're writing the story and the story's filming. Oh, it's, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly imagine what it'd be like. Well, he mentioned that's an interesting point you mentioned. So he mentioned around um, the, uh, the the idea to kill Alec Guinness's Obi Wan Kenobi off. You know that idea was apparently written last minute on set, and Lucas had to go up to Guinness and say, "Actually, you know, Alec, I know you're an Oscar-winning actor, and you know you won Oscars for Bridge Over the River Kwai and all that kind of stuff, but." kind of going to kill you off because there has to be a consequence to this trip and there has to be a catalyst for changes that, you know, like it's like the Avengers spoiler alert. I'm sure you've all seen Avengers by now. If you're going to spoiler alert, Avengers 2012, Coulson dies. And that's what uh, brings the team together. Yeah. You know, that was essentially the same thing for Obi-Wan, but you're right. He was rewriting that on, 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 um, on set. And he had all of the, uh, the, the staffers on set, Kind of taking the mick out of me a little bit, you know, winding him up about, oh, it's a, it's another droid. Like, look at this big hairy bear of Chewbacca. And he's got the executives saying that the, 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 the you know the Wookiee's got to wear pants. And you just like, how would you handle that? Would you do you think you'd be able to keep your nerve with it? No, no. It's it's having someone constantly tell you what to do as well on on your vision. It's like someone coming into us, like you know, with captivate or whatever, and saying, "No, you're not doing it that way. You're doing it this way." Even though we we have had this original vision to do something, I just couldn't. I couldn't imagine anyone coming in and just messing with what I've thought of. It'd be nuts, wouldn't it? And you would you would consistently be just thinking to yourself, "Actually, I'm compromising. I'm compromising. This is not my original version. This is not my original vision." And I, I just, I think it was, I think it's easy to look back at that now and say, well, look, Lucas is a billionaire. He's got Skywalker sound. He's got ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, which I didn't realise he created just to do the effects on Star Wars. That's why ILM came from. I didn't realise that. Um, and you th- it's easy to look back and think, well, this guy's loaded. He's a, he's a whatever, multimillionaire, hundreds of million, if not a billionaire. I don't know if he's a billionaire or not, but he's certainly the George Lucas that we know. It, it was just like it's quite inspiring as a business owner and someone that creates things for him to have had that vision and been able to execute on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, going back to it as well, like the original ideas as well for Star Wars, that that completely morphed as well, didn't it? Because it was, um, I can't remember the original story. The story originally was, uh, what's the old Jedi? Uh, Sam L. Jackson. Oh, Mace Windu. Oh, Mace yeah. Windu. He had, he had Mace Windu as a different name, something like Jace Windu. Yeah, it was something like Mace Windy or something yeah, like something that. Like that. Yeah. Mace Windy and did this. So the original, you know, thoughts for Mace Windu and stuff like that was in there originally and it's just morphed into this. Yeah, that's interesting. V1 of Star Wars. Pretty cool. It must be interesting to have like a mind that works like that where it's just all, um, you know, it's all in there. It is literally all in there, and it's just executing on the vision. You've got to have a big brain for that, and you just have that entire, you know, obviously it it will change as, you know, further on the films go, but just have that original idea and concept in your head to then morph it into this thing. And he had the right idea at the start, you know, when he he 
when he had the chance to go back and ask for more money, he didn't ask for more money. He just wanted rights for future. Oh, yeah. What happened with that? So um, I can't remember. I think American Graffiti was a hit. So he became like the, you know, the, the go-to person in Hollywood at that time. So his agent said to him, right, we can go back. We can renegotiate your deal. We can get you more money. So he says, I don't want more money. I've agreed a deal. What I do want, though, is character rights and rights for any sequels. Oh, that was it. And control. He wanted as much control, final as much, say. As much final say as possible. And, you know, that just got it to where it was to be able to then create Lucasfilm. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Well, Kenner sold, um, I think Kenner sold like 40 million toys that year. In fact, that was, if you watched that, that show on Netflix about the toys that made us? No. The Star Wars one of that is excellent. So there's the real super rare Boba Fett um, with the rocket launcher. Um that was there was a ver- there was actually one of those in Barnsley a while ago at the exhibition and there was super rare but what they did was they um, b- because of Star Wars's release and there was some contract difficulties with Kenner and the production lines of the toys and the designs of the toys and it basically what happened was Star Wars release became this huge hit and kids obviously it was the toy of nineteen ninety seven nineteen seventy seven but Kenner didn't have any toys so they literally sold them an open box. This, uh, sorry, an empty box, and it was an it was an IOU. So it was like, okay, here is, if you buy this, you'll get this little poster, or you'll get whatever you get. Here is this, just this like IOU that you will be the first people to receive the Star Wars toys when they come out. So on Christmas morning, you basically get just a promise of a toy in March <laughs> or February. But it worked. Like they sold forty million. That's cool. Though. I'd love an empty box from. An original Star Wars. Uh, I bet that's worth a fortune. Yeah. In what, fact, just the empty box? I think Gaz put it on his top three collectibles years ago. Yeah, I bet it's, uh, sorry, weeks ago. I bet it is absolutely worth a fortune. It's mental though, just an empty box being worth that much. Yeah, it really is. It's collectible, isn't it? And the thing is, you know what kids are like. Kids like playing with empty boxes anyway. That's all they do. Christmas morning, jump in a box. Honestly, when I was three or four, all my parents used to do is just stick me in a box. I think that's the bin. That was a trash. No, no, they stick me in a cardboard box and I'd just sit there for hours just playing <laughs> inside this box. What did you pretend it was? I don't know. I can't remember. I like three or four. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was in a box. Oh. I was cheap at Christmas anyway. Yeah, that does sound quite like a, like a quite a cheap My brother Christmas. got the gifts. I got the boxes. Oh. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Oh. He's younger than me. How's that work? Oh, bucket. Bless him. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I just thought it was interesting to kind of understand what, what it must have been like to be George Lucas at that time. Because it's not... It's not an easy thing to do to kind of, and again, you know, we, we do this as, as part of, of work generally running rebel based media. You kind of, you're always up against it. There's always someone saying you should do it like this or you shouldn't do it like that. And we just kind of stick to our guns and do what, do what the customers want and what we think is right. And we, we find that difficult, like the pressure, like I said, I just wanted to spend a little bit of time thinking about how difficult that must've been in 1997 and 1977, especially when, there was no real way of gaining instant feedback like there is now. You put something out online and you get feedback. It just it did not exist. Now look at Deadpool. Deadpool came back because of the leaked video, the reported leaked yeah, video. Whatever. Yeah, they released a little bit of a test reel, and that's what managed to get the uh, Deadpool film done. But there were no there were no way back then of doing that. And it's really weird with George Lucas because you know when he was at school and he went to the art school and stuff, and he was told he could only do a video of what five minutes or fifteen mm-hmm. minutes where he won. He ended up finishing it and then went over and put it back in because he just didn't want to live by the constraints of what anyone else was telling him. Oh, so he sub- so even though in, in art school or whatever, film school, media school, 
His assignment was five minutes, but he just booked the assignment and said, you know what, in order to tell this story, how yeah. I want to tell it, it's got to be more than that. Yeah, exactly. No did, did, Yeah. So <laughs> it was good how he did it as well. So, you know, obviously listening to Inside Star Wars, um, whatever the time limit was, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, five minutes, he did the five, 10 minutes, and then the uh, credits came up. Everyone were like, oh, yeah, you've, you, you've said you wasn't going to do it to credits, and you have done it. And as soon as the credits were finished, the next part of the show the next part of the film came back on. Wow, brilliant. So everyone were clapping, applauding him, saying, you know, you've stuck to your guns. And, he, you know, he probably got penalised for that a bit, but he wanted to do do whatever film he was doing justice. Well, it's stood him in good stead, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he's done all right from it. Well done, George. That's awesome. So, yeah, listen, if you've not listened to Inside Star Wars, I know I've been plugging it for the last couple of weeks, but it really is worth it. And it's, it's, uh, it's not often that we'd plug another podcast because we want your ears. But... I mean, this is Star Wars content. It's really, really good. Wondery, Hernan Lopez and the team at Wondery always do fantastic content. Um, so please go and check it out, InsideStarWars.com. Uh, we'll stick a link in the show notes as normal to that. All right, Keith. last up is the random spotlight. So what we do here is we pick something really random from a corner of the Star Wars universe. We've had Padawan Hairbraids. We've had Jocasta New. We've had Pod Racing. What else have we had? Let's have a look, quick look. I've got my Trello board up. Uh, Padawan Hairbraid, we've had um, Pod Racing, Jocasta New, the Blue Milk. Oh, I like Blue Milk. How many switches are in the Millennium Falcon? Mr. Bones. Mr. Bones. That's Mr. Jones in it, Counting Crows, classic. And Gonk. We've gone deep on all these things. And the thing that I brought up today is, again, from Inside Star Wars. Again, it is. I did not know this. But on the set of Star Wars, you got Carrie Fisher. Debbie Reynolds' daughter, or, you know, someone that was a little unknown at the time, gets cast as this princess, so she thinks she's going to have these big, long, flowing locks. And instead, after going through piles and piles of different haircuts, they settle on the two hair buns. And apparently, again, I didn't know this, Carrie Fisher, she christened them the Buns of Navarone, obviously after the Guns of Navarone. You don't know what that is, do you? No. You don't know what that is? No. Oh, you're such a kid. You're so young. I wish I was that young. Well, you're... How old are you? 20 years older than me? I'm not 20 years older than you, am I? Am I 20 years old? No. Listen. 10 years older. 15. Not, well, what? It'll, yeah, no, I'm about 25. About 13. 25 years older. <laughs> um, so the Buns of Navarone, uh, a.k.a. the hair of Princess Leia, the random spotlight is just the the just the... The idea that Princess Leia had said, or Carrie Fisher had said, well, look, this is only Star Wars. People will forget about this hair after I finish with Star Wars. It's only one character. I'm going to play other different characters. And then, then, boom, that's the thing that everyone knows her for forever. I just thought it was really random. Imagine that. Imagine being having such a, a thing that you hate so much being that defining factor. Like, what a pain in the neck. <laughs> it's good as well, because going back to the, the um, CGI guys earlier, the scene when they're in the field, Padme's got the little braided hair thing that emulate oh, the buns. Yeah. She's got like this little, um, it's like a side hat. I don't know yeah, they're is. like kind of two buns, but with like a connecting braid. Yeah, like a braid thing going on yeah. to like emulate, obviously, a, a future daughter. That's quite cool. I, do you know, it always makes, stuff like that makes me wonder, like in the wider Star Wars verse universe, because obviously Padme's from Naboo, you've got Leia who moved to Alderaan, which they're very similar very similar kind of uh, worlds in so far as some of the traditions, like the queens uh, become queens very, very young. Um, it seems like Naboo has got a little bit more of a traditional hierarchy, but 
Alderaan's still very similar. They're very lush. They're very green. So very similar worlds. Uh, and I think Queen Bria, sort of Bail Organa's wife, she was one of the big early resistance leaders and rebellion leaders. And um, the, the, I think actually Padme met Bria in one of – in fact, it was. It was in Queen's Shadow. Um, where Padme goes off to Alderaan and meets her future daughter's adoptive mother, mm-hmm. which is really quite cool. So it kind of, I like all that symmetry that they put out there. I, I like that they respect it enough to do that because otherwise it could be, uh, like, they just don't have to do that is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, they, they do it for us, don't they? The geeks, the fans that are going to well, notice people that. People that will notice that to a T. Yeah, because I've got to admit, like, I'd never noticed that with Padme. I've watched the prequels a thousand times. I just, I'd kind of, I knew that hair was like that, but I just never went, oh, yeah, of course, it's a little bit like layers. Good. Padme were a good actor, though, a, a good character. Uh, the actor played a good Padme, I think. Yeah, I agree with Thinking that. Thinking back to... Uh, she definitely had that um, strength and tenacity of um, Princess Leia. Yeah. You know, you can see that they kind of uh, reverse cast it a little bit, can't you? Yeah, they did really well with that. Natalie Portman's ace. And she... Yeah. Uh, I always think of, like, Padme and, and Leia is very much the same kind of character. Very strong, very, sen- very senatorial, wants to do things the right way, but not afraid to get the hands dirty. Um, they're like the lowest lane of, um, <laughs> of of the Star Wars universe, aren't they? Always yeah. getting themselves into trouble. Um, and kind of... But doing it for a good reason. You know, they're yeah. always getting themselves into sticky situations. Um, and they're always the foil for the, 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 the... This is what I like about them, in particular, with Lois Lane and, and Padme and Leia, is that... It would be very easy for it to be, all right, and I know this is how it was played in the early days with, uh, certainly with Lois Lane, like, okay, the woman gets into trouble, the Superman has to fix it, and then I think as we become more mindful of that and how, like, the world is and, and how that kind of works, actually, they're now written in such a better way because they're often the foil for these overly manly characters, like, Anakin's this big, I'm the most powerful thing ever, and Padme's like, have a word with yourself, mate. Look at Ray now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's really good what they've done there. Do you think, yeah, who yeah, who's, who's, do you think Ray's the foil for? Do you think her and Finn are going to get a little bit more screen time in episode nine? Because that was a bit rubbish in episode eight. I hope so. I hope so. I think Finn, Finn will definitely be involved more. Um, it's going to be weird how they're going to wrap it up, to be honest. Yeah, who knows? We'll see. We'll do an episode on that one. I can't wait one. for it. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I'm pretty excited. We'll have to do a midnight screening again for that one. You want to do that? Definitely do a midnight screening. Midnight screening. We should get Gaz up and do it. Yeah, yeah we should do that. Gaz lives a Gaz, you come in. Yeah, Gaz. Yeah, it might be a bit of a drive, but it'll be fine. It's all right. You can go pick him up in car. Oh, yeah, good idea. Well, you're 15 years younger than me. You've got a lot more stamina. I walk. You're going to walk? Yeah, I've oh. got more stamina. <laughs> right, guys, it's on. You guys, you listening, you've heard that. Kieran is going to walk to bring Gary. Where does he live? Uh, down south. About 90 minutes away. So it's downhill, so it'll be fine. That's exactly how that works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, a random spotlight. The buns of Navarone, a.k.a. the hair of Princess Leia, that she thought, Carrie Fisher thought, would never come back to haunt her after Star Wars, but of course came back to haunt her. Well, I, I want to say just a tad. Just a tad. I think she's kind of known for that throughout uh, her career, and certainly through fandom. Have you seen that Friends episode where Ross makes Yeah, yeah. I would I mean, just think, as soon as you said that, I was like... Ross and Rachel, Ross and Rachel, yep. That is exactly, <laughs> exactly the legacy that that has left. All right, guys, we are going to wrap it up right there. This has been Spark of Rebellion. Kieran, thanks for joining me, dude. It's been Thank a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. I've enjoyed this. Gary, you'll be back next week, mate, and we might do a little bit of a... We should do, like, a little bit of a group session. You know what I mean? Get you and me in, get Gary in, get a few other people. 
Tom Tate wants to come on, one yeah. of our patrons, to talk about the Star Wars games. I'm well up for that. We should do that. Even better. We can have a, we can have a game off. Gamathon. Gamathon. Online gaming. You and me. You've seen me online gaming. I'm terrible. Yeah, I'll beat you. I'll beat you. We're on the same team. This is unbelievable. All, All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. This has been Sparker Rebellion. There'll be a brand new show every single Saturday hitting the podcast app of your preference. It is completely free to listen to the show. But if you do want to support the show, if you want to join the rebellion, you can do so for as little as $1 per month. Head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. Wherever you listen, please leave us a rating and a review to help us get discovered in the podcast apps and help other Star Wars fans to discover the show. And until next week, thank you so very much for joining us. May the force be with you. Always 